Welcome to MyFoodTruckDiaries.com, the podcast. Featuring me, your host, Kyle Robinson. Okay, let's just get on with the show. Okay, everybody, welcome to the inaugural episode of MyFoodTruckDiaries.com, the podcast, and I'm your host, Kyle Robinson. And now, at this point, I bet you already have questions like, Kyle, what, what the heck is this, and who the heck are you, and what the heck are you doing here, and what the heck am I doing here, what am I, what am I listening to, why am I listening to this? And lucky for you, I've got all those questions and more. Well, my name is Kyle Robinson. I'm a trying comedian, a food truck owner, and two-time T-Ball MVP. Now, Kyle, one of those things, that, that that just doesn't sound right to me. And to that I have to say, I'm an aspiring food truck owner. Uh, but due to some unfortunate circumstances, I currently owe a lot of money to a ton of people. And I won't get that much into it, but let's just say that if I don't make a lot of money off this podcast in a very short amount of time... Then some people are going to come visit me, and not what you think, not with a cake or a bottle of wine or anything. And so let's just say, the long story short is, I need some money badly. i got to pay off some bills, and i got to put the first deposit on this food truck, and, you know, then I'm out of here and I won't ever look back at this. Okay, just a little bit about me before, you know, we get going. Uh, Like I said, I'm a trying comedian. Um, And by that I mean, of course, a miserably failing comedian. Um, There's nothing really about me that would, you know, make me want to become a comedian. I'm not Jewish. Uh, My parents aren't divorced. I wasn't bullied that much in school. And really, there's no reason for me to be a funny person, but I'm trying anyways. I had a really good childhood, which I'm partly grateful for, but there's a much bigger part of me that wishes that I struggled way more than I did. I always had a bicycle, I knew how to ride it, I always had a nice warm bed at night, we would get ice cream some days, my mom would read me stories at night to fall asleep, I mean, if I asked for something for Christmas, there was a very little chance that I wouldn't get it, and, you know, I mean, that's just me. I struggled, but not in the way that other people struggle in order to be a funny person, but this is just what I have to work with. Um, actually, that's not true. Every, just about every single year of my life, I'd ask my parents for a remote control helicopter, and I never once got it. Not one time. Not when I was six, not when I was 16, and I guess that's where most of my trauma comes from. So like I said before, I've got a ton of debt to pay off to quite a few people. And so this is really just a platform for me to make as much money as I can, because I heard that people just make tons of money, and, you know, why can't I? And luckily, I've had so many companies reach out to me before the show, before the first episode even aired, which is really mind-boggling. Uh, but they did. They said, like, oh, Kyle, it's I want to pay you so bad. Oh, Kyle, won't you please mention our products? Oh, Kyle, we love you. Oh, Kyle, you're such a big penis. And so here I am. I'm going to, you know pay back those companies, and pay forward for those people that I owe some money to. This episode of MyFoodTruckDiaries.com, the podcast, 
is brought to you by Great Barrier Teeth. And if you're like me, you're busy just about 23 hours of the day, like working out, uh, working out, or probably working out. And so you really don't have that much time to do things in that one hour of free time. And the last thing that you want to do is sit down and brush your teeth. Your arms are exhausted. They're really getting bigger. But thanks to Great Barrier Teeth, this is not really a problem anymore. GBT has come up with a product that will revolutionize the way you clean your choppers. Using the latest and greatest Sea Monkey technology, all you really have to do is mix up a powder with a glass of water before bed, chug it back, swish it around in your teeth a little bit, and the next thing you know, you'll wake up with your pearly whites being as clean as the underside of a great white. Once activated by the water, the sea monkeys will spend their entirety of their waking lives making sure that every inch of plaque is removed from your teeth. And once they're done, there's no hassle, there's no cleanup, just simply spit up the water, and you'll wake up happier and cleaner than you've ever felt before. Uh, warning, in this event that you accidentally swallow any amount of Great Barrier Teeth, please seek immediate medical attention. GBT is not responsible for any of the following symptoms. Loss of hearing, loss of appetite, shrinking of the gallbladder, appendicitis, weird dreams, extreme bedwetting, minor bedwetting, stinky feet, or dirty teeth. Please visit GreatBarrierTeeth.com for more details. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Collar Me Interested. Is your cat, dog, or gerbil the least popular of the litter? Are they constantly being teased by the other animals for not being in fashion? Do other pet owners come up to you and make backhanded comments about why they just love how your dog just doesn't care about how it looks? Well, don't worry. Soon, your best friend will be the most popular one at the park, daycare, or even just around the house. Introducing the latest line of luxury collars by Collar Me Interested, their collars are individually handcrafted with the highest quality materials possible and designed to make your best friend look as dapper as possible. This monthly service provides your pet of choosing for up to four collars of any occasion. Whether you're going for a walk around the block or taking them to the Met Gala, Collar Me Interested has you covered. You can pick and choose from any styles to match your own or give them their own unique look from denim to cashmere to diamond studs. Whether it's walking around town or a leisurely Sunday around the house, you want your pet to look just as good as possible. And so do we. For the next seven days, you can use the promo code WOOF at checkout for free shipping and your first collar free. This is a monthly subscription and cancellation is not an option until after the six month. Purchase is necessary. Some collars require batteries which are not included. Collar Me Interested is not responsible for any rashes that may appear on you or your animal after use and no refunds are available. Okay, thank you to our sponsors who support us in just about every which way, but mostly and most importantly, financially. Okay, what was I what was I talking about? Oh, okay, me, of course, me. Uh, the other thing I mentioned before the ad break was uh, my greatest achievement to this day, my two consecutive T-Ball Most Valuable MVP awards. And if you don't know what T-Ball is, um, it's pretty much like baseball, but much harder and only for children. And I know what you're now thinking. Kyle, doesn't, doesn't every kid get the MVP award for T-Ball? Doesn't everybody get to take home a trophy at the end of the day? And the answer to that is a big fat no. 
all right? Not everyone can be a T-ball MVP. In fact, only one person can be the most valuable player, and that's why it's the most valuable player, not the every player's valuable award, all right? I mean, sure, everybody receives that participation trophy at the end of the day, but only one person gets the honors of the MVP, all right? And I don't want to toot my own horn here, but there were multiple consecutive games where I got a double, which is pretty much the hardest thing to do in T-ball. And it's pretty much unheard of. And sure, some people have called me like the Babe Ruth of T-ball or like the Larry Bird of Breeby Best in Sports. But I just have to say that I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else does, all right? I mean, sure, I shattered records and drew crowds of hundreds of thousands, but that doesn't mean that doesn't make me a god or anything. I mean, sure, people like to use the word hero or god or whatever, but I just call myself Kyle. All right, I'm sure that you're sick of hearing about me and how great I am and all my accomplishments and all my awards and how much everybody liked me. So I'd like to take this time now to talk about some actually important things going on in the world. Um, As I'm sure that many of you know, Election Day was just a few days ago. Um, This episode was recorded on November 8th, so it was just a few days ago where we got a new president-elect. And so there are tons of current events happening around there in the news circuit, but I'm sure that everyone's tired of hearing all about this and all about that. Um, So I'd like to take you through today's news from the past. On this day in history, we would like to celebrate one of our greatest American heroes uh, and celebrating his 54th birthday, Um, and that is, of course, the one and only Gordon Ramsay. And I know, Gordon, you're listening to this right now, so I just wanted to give you a quick shout-out. If you don't know who Gordon Ramsay is, you may know him from his hit series, um, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. That can't be right. Okay. Yeah, no, that wasn't him. That wasn't it. Okay. After a long, long, long wait, in this day, in 1956, philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre officially denounced communism. And you know what? It's about dang time. You know what? Nobody said it for so long. Everybody thought, like, oh, communism, we should all, we should all do it. Yeah, it's the new jam. And for years, we were just waiting for somebody to come out and say that it isn't really the jam. And coming from the great man who brought the idea that three in the afternoon is either too early or too late to do anything at all, he finally came out and denounced those filthy, filthy reds. Okay, this is a fun one. I think you guys will really enjoy this one. This is a ride. Uh, Just 15 short years after Jean-Paul Sartre saved the world with his communism uh, denouncing, the unthinkable happened. Sunday school teacher and Boy Scout troop leader John List murdered his whole family and then successfully went on the run for about 18 years. Okay, that's not as fun as I thought it sounded. Um, John List, he murdered his wife, his mother, and his three children and then successfully hid out in Virginia for about 18 years. And the cops searched for him, and this was long before the Internet, so nothing could really be done about it. And really all you had to do to get away with a crime back then was just not be at the crime scene, and then you were good, you were free, and nobody could really stop you. 
Uh, but it wasn't until much, much later, when the popular television program America's Most Wanted aired, that the authorities received an anonymous phone call about his whereabouts, and he was promptly arrested and received five consecutive life sentences, one for every one of his victims. Um, and if you're keeping track at home, that's roughly about 150 years. And, I mean, I don't want to say anything bad about this guy or his character. I didn't know him personally, but he just sounds... He kind of sounds like a real jerk. Now, before we get into the next ad break, I'd like to talk quickly about an issue that is very near and dear to me. Um, as many of you know, the president-elect of the last four years, Donnie T. Trump, uh, held a rally where he was slandering and insulting the name of the great LeBron James, basketball MVP, NBA champion, all-NBA, Olympic champion, gold medal winner. Now, I love me some Bron Bron as much as the next guy. And, you know, don't nobody, nobody else call him Bron Bron. Him and I go way back, and we're real close. Um, so it's fine for me to call him that, but don't anybody else call him that. Um, but nobody, and I mean nobody, can badmouth Bron like that except for me. Except I do have one, one single little gripe with the man. And it's all over the news nowadays that he'll be starring in the much-anticipated sequel to the 1996 film Space Jam, uh, Space Jam 2. And this film is just star-studded with players from the NBA, the WNBA, and stars from Hollywood. Everybody's in this gosh-darn movie, except for one, one missing piece. Now, Bron LeBron did not include his son in the cast to play his own son, which I'm fine with. Sure, who wants to hang out with your son all the time? Uh, not me. I definitely don't. Um, but what I really, really have a problem with is that me, Kyle Robinson, two-time consecutive T-ball MVP, I wasn't, even, I wasn't even considered for this role to play LeBron's son in the film. And, I mean, somebody with as much talent as me, and I won't even mention how wet my jumper is from Beyond the Arc, and I, can't, I couldn't even get an audition for this movie, which I just cannot believe. Absolutely malarkey. I mean, I have more talent, more potential, more star power than the schlub they picked. I mean, he's 15. What has he ever done? Nothing. I bet he doesn't have a podcast that he records alone. Yeah, I bet he doesn't. I mean, I shoot 75% from the free throw. I got a solid 35 from three. And I'm not even a top 10 NBA prospect. And I know that I could do a better job. I mean, I just know it. I mean, sure, I didn't play high school or college ball and haven't touched a ball in maybe like two years. Um, but I've got what it takes. I mean, I can, I can... I know my way around the court. I mean, sure, I... When I played high or elementary school ball, I only made two baskets in five years, but that's besides the point. Um, that's never stopped anybody. And so my message to here to LeBron James, which I know you're listening, don't even try and pretend like you're not listening. Tweet at me, hit me up, DMs, I'm open. Um, I'd like to call you out, LeBron James. I, I'm really kind of pissed off that... You never gave me a call back. I mean, I called you 15 times just last week. And I think the movie's done filming. And I really, really don't understand why I didn't get my chance. 
And so if you don't call me within the next two days to be a part of Space Jam 2, then I'm just going to be forced to try out for the NBA and make it and teach you a goddamn lesson, LeBron. All right? All right? All right. Okay, it's time for some more ads. Let's let's pay some more bills. How many times has this happened to you? You're sitting at, I don't know, the United Nations General Assembly, and you're just enjoying a little nice bag of pistachios. So nice, so crisp, so salty, and you just have nowhere to put those pesky shells. I mean, you try and throw them under the seat next to you, and the next thing you know, you're being swarmed by security because they think you're planting some unauthorized recording equipment or some bombs or whatever. And no matter no matter how much you squirm and try and tell them it's just nutshells, they throw you out and you're kicked out of the United Nations. Don't you just hate that? Well, if you're sick and tired of losing your place in this world all because you can't handle your nuts, you're not alone. That's why Nut Bowls is here to help. Introducing the latest development in nutshell technology, it's the one-of-a-kind nut bowl. Using a regular old bowl just doesn't cut it anymore. I mean, you have to carry a bowl for your nuts, a bowl for your nut shells, and you just have no more room to do anything with your life. And so, it's just way too much of a hassle. So picture this, a bowl with a divider in the middle to perfectly sort your nuts away from the shells right? No longer will you have to look at a, look like a fool with just a, just a handful of peanut shells just stuffed in your pocket, falling out all over the place. And just simply take your shells away from the nut and place them in the left half of the bowl, separating the protective covering, and dispose it into the right half of the bowl. Now, not only do you look like the neatest person in the room, but your nuts will thank you so much later. Uh, warning, do not attempt to use with anything but nuts. Only peanuts, pistachios, and walnuts will work. Do not use with pecans, hazelnuts, or almonds. Will not work. Visit nutbowl.com for details and use code nuts for nuts That's code nuts for nuts N-U-T-Z, the number 4, N-U-T-S, at checkout for free personalization on any bowl of your choosing. This episode of MyFoodTruckDiaries.com, the podcast, is brought to you by the city of Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Are you tired of taking your family to the overcrowded, overhyped, and just flat-out overexpensive cities like New York, L.A., or Miami? Well, be prepared for your next vacation to what many call the San Francisco of the East Coast, Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Now, being home to... Punxsutawney Phil and his wife Phyllis, who you may know from the annual Groundhog's Day celebration, uh, this town just has so much to offer from the tour of Gobbler's Knob to the Groundhog's Wine Trail. There's just activities year in and year out for the whole family to enjoy. You can enjoy a meal at the town-famous Punxy Phil's Family Restaurant or grab a slice at Punxy's Pizza before making your way to the Jimmy Stewart Museum before a hike at the Cook Forest State Park. Wow, that sounds great. Um, And all of this is just a short drive away from the world's largest Yogi Bear statue. You can visit one of the world's most historic towns, whether it be for the annual Groundhog Celebration, 
or just an average week weekday for a lifetime worth of fun and memories. Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, home of the world-famous Seer of Seers, Sage of Sages, Prognosticator of Prognosticators, Weather Prophet Extraordinaire, Punxsutawney Phil, and his beautiful, beautiful wife, Phyllis, who you can see and visit and possibly even hold and pet at the local Punxsutawney Public Library. Visit today. Now, I, I wouldn't say that I was bullied as a child, um, but this guy Vincent, who nearly broke my nose, might have to disagree. And, you know, in the weirdest way possible, I'm grateful for being teased and hit as a child. It helped me build character into this fun, cool, good-looking, confident man I am today. And, you know who's laughing now? Uh, not Vincent. I bet he's not recording a podcast alone in the room in their underwear. And you know what? Soon this is going to be an award-winning podcast. Sorry, multiple award-winning podcasts. And so I just want to, you know, take some time to keep myself humble and make sure that my ego doesn't really inflate higher than my listener account. Now, for my next segment, I'd like to just keep myself humble, like I said, and just make sure that I keep myself in check and make sure I don't step out of line and my head doesn't get too big. And so I'm going to insult myself here a little bit. But don't worry, none of this is true. Um, I'm incredibly confident in myself and so good-looking and fit and handsome and just everything about me could not be better. Um, so this is all fake. This is all just to, you know, try and keep myself as humble as possible. And no matter how new or nice of clothes that I buy for myself, I still just end up looking like a toddler just who was just asked to dress himself for church. Um, I've got a real nice toddler body if a toddler just turned 21 and drank way too much high-calorie beer and wore Spider-Man shirts every single day. And it's kind of hard for me to tell people what kind of animal that I think I am when they ask what kind of animal that I think I am. And it's just kind of hard because I don't think there's any such animal with chicken legs and orangutan arms and a belly of a panda. And if there is such animal, please, you know, reach out to the show. I'd love to, you know, see this visual evidence. My belly is so pronounced that when I walk into a room, nine times out of ten, somebody will come right up to me and say, hey, you really look like you just love sorbet, and which I would normally be offended by because I've got this big belly and sure, I love sorbet, but they usually hand me a pint right afterwards and, you know, how can I be mad at somebody who gives me free dessert and sure, they don't ask me to oink like a pig while I eat it, but that just adds to their experience and I don't want to let anybody down. Okay, I don't like this segment. I'm kind of starting to hurt my own feelings. Um, just one more. Um, it's hard to get dates when you look like I do. Um, I can't even do that nasty trick where guys put, like, they spread peanut butter over their genitals and they have their dogs lick it. It just doesn't work. She just won't do it no matter how many times I ask her. She just walks out of the room not even interested. And it's gotten to the point where I've tried to put a can of tuna on my genitals and hope that my cat goes for it. And sure, she comes in and she eats the tuna, blah, 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 blah. But when she's done with the tuna, she just turns around and says, thou art as fat as butter. And 
I didn't know that my cat read Shakespeare and insulted like Shakespeare, but I guess that just means that I have more to learn about my partners before things get too intimate. And that's not really an insult to me as it is just an embarrassing story filled with some truth. And I won't say which part is true, which part isn't true. Um, That's up for you to decide. Now, I really don't want to toot my own horn here, but I've got pretty much the best taste in media of anybody out there. And so I feel like it's only my duty to share things that I love and enjoy and bring it out to the world and share with everybody. And so every week here, I'd like to share with you a piece of media that I've been enjoying over the past seven days, whether it be a new song or a new movie or an old movie or just a book that I'm working through. And so for my first recommendation, I'd like to throw out the Paul Simon classic, You Can Call Me Al. Accompanying the world's most inspirational music video of all time, featuring actor and comedian Chevy Chase, Simon landed his first number one hit in almost a decade. And while the lyrics may just seem silly and random to listeners at first, it's really just a reference to this important moment in Paul Simon's life where he attended a party and the host didn't know his name and they introduced him as Al. I mean, can you believe that? Al. Who wants to be named Al? The whole song is not only a test of his great musical abilities, but also just a blank slate for the singer-songwriter to test his vernacular skills and really push the limits of what is possible in the music industry. And so once this podcast is over, I expect everybody to either go watch the music video or save it to your Spotify library or both. Okay, my producer over in the corner is giving me the sign to wrap things up here. And, you know, we're both real busy and things to do, people to see. Um, Before I go... Uh, this is technically, technically a comedy podcast, so I'm legally required to tell at least one joke per episode. And so I'd like to fill my quota and leave you all with the first joke of the week. <clears throat> There's a boy named Billy who lives in the heart of the Bronx, and Billy lives with his mom and his dad and... They just have such a nice relationship, and Billy really looks up to them and loves them so dearly. And every night they have dinner together, and they sit down, and after dinner they hold hands and watch TV, fall asleep together on the couch. It's so beautiful, and Billy wants nothing more than to have a nice, loving relationship like his mom and dad. And so when time came for Billy to go out into the world and meet his own wife and start his own family... Um, He runs into a nice little woman named Jenna. She had beautiful blonde hair and these deep blue eyes that Billy just couldn't take his eyes off as soon as he saw her. And they started chatting, they started flirting, and Billy gave gave her his number, and he rushed home, flushed, and, like, went home to his dad and said, Dad, I really, I met this girl who lives right down the street, and her name is Jenna, and I really like her, and I think she really likes me. And the father just sadly winces and looks at him like, Son, I'm sorry to tell you this, but Jenna is actually your sister. I had a fling with the neighbor before I began to date your mother. And feeling so hurt and dejected, Billy storms out of the room, pissed at his father for having this unknown family that he never knew of. And he cuts off all communication with Jenna, never to be seen again. About a month goes by, and Billy's just walking down the street, kicking a can, minding his own business, not an eye on anything but the 
ground in front of him. And he runs into this girl, and the girl drops her books all over the sidewalk. And so he bends down to help her pick it up, and they immediately lock eyes, and he sees this this beautiful brown brown eyes and this long black hair that he's never seen on anybody ever before. And it was like love at first sight. I mean, they just started talking and hitting it off. They walked down the street to go to the soda jerk and get a, get a nice pop. They really just couldn't have hit it off any better than it went. And so, so excited, Billy runs right home to his father and says, Dad, Dad, I, I just met this beautiful girl. She lives right down the other side of the road. And She's just so beautiful. I can't I can't stop thinking about her. I I think I'd like to ask her to marry me. And his dad just silently just frowns and says, "Sorry, son, but Valerie is actually your sister as well." And in the middle of his explanation, Billy storms out of the room and leaves the house. Has to take a breather. Has to delete communications with Valerie. Has to never speak to her again because of the shame and embarrassment that he's feeling from himself and his father. And two months later, Billy meets the most beautiful girl he's ever seen. Prettier than the last two girls combined. Her name is Brooke. She's got beautiful, beautiful brunette hair that goes right down to the middle of her back. And her eyes are as green as as the shrubs that he sees on the side of the road. And without even talking that much, he rushes home like, Dad, I just found the one. I found the woman that I'm going to marry. And his dad just has to say... Listen, I know that you really like her. And as soon as he says that, Billy storms out of the room, deletes the contacts, doesn't want anything to do with him. He's pissed at his father. He doesn't talk to him for the next two weeks. After those two weeks, his mother comes into his room and says, Hey, Billy, what's what's going on? You've been really sad as of late. And just full of tears, Billy starts to talk to his mother. I'm, I'm so upset because I met these three just amazing, beautiful women who they all seemed so interested in me. And every single one of them, dad has told me that they're actually my sisters from past relationship. And the mother just begins to frown a little bit, but then begins to laugh. And Billy says, mom, why, why are you laughing right now? I'm so sad about this. And his mom says, oh, Billy, don't. Don't worry about a thing. You can date any of those girls that you like. Don't worry about a thing. And Billy makes a face of disgust and disbelief like, "Oh gosh, mom, why would I date any of my of my father's daughters? That is disgusting. That is incest. That is unheard of." And his mom just smiles and says, "Because he isn't really your father." Okay, now my producer is really telling me to wrap things up and he wants to go home and he cannot take this anymore. So thank you all for listening to the very first episode of MyFoodTruckDiaries.com, the podcast. And if you've made it this far to the end, I thank you even double. And if you couldn't manage to make it this far, I hope that your car crashes and catches on fire in the middle of the night. But you won't be listening to this, so you can't suspect that it was me and you can't prove anything. Please, please share this episode with your friends, your family, your mail carrier, the milkman, And if any of you happen to know Ted Danson, please, please, please reach out to him and reach out to me and tell him that he's found his new replacement for the reboot of Cheers. Cheers.